when you think about, um, you know, physical businesses that are, are working toward um, expanding or jumping into understanding how their SEO impacts their business, where do you start? Yeah. So if you haven't got a digital presence already, say you focus primarily on a physical storefront signage, traditional media, and now you're transitioning to try to capture a different type of audience where um, they're looking for information digitally, like on a website, and they typically start and end their search on search engines. There's a lot of different formats. Don't get me wrong. There's printed format like blogs. There's also video format on YouTube. There's social, and they typically look at images there, as well as audio format. So there's four different types of content that people can be obtaining uh, digitally. But then, of course, um, traditionally, it's very similar. Before Google existed, it was television, it was radio, it was printed ads or brochures, magazines. And then there's also, um, you know, Everything that was more physical, like trade shows, right? Uh, now, think about webinars and the events online, right? Like all these things also used to work. And now it's just transitioned to now technology plays a role where it makes it easy for people, your potential customers, to find, locate, and uh, gather information before they contact you. And they've yeah. already done enough research, typically, before they even reach out to your store, right? Because they vetted you. They looked at reviews. They checked you out your bio, check out your website, and they like what they saw. Right. 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 So in terms of SEO, I believe if you haven't already started building a website and you've been running a really solid business, right? Where yeah. that's the foundation. And I typically deal with a lot of localized professional service type business owners like optometrists, dentists, physiotherapists, chiropractors, they all understand, and lawyers, they all understand that people want to deal with someone in person, a relationship is met there, they have something in common and they need to satisfy that need, right? So there's yeah. a, a, a need gap there and they don't mind paying for that service. Hello and welcome to the Chris Roll Podcast on iCode Media. Today I had a great conversation with John Vong, who is a expert in SEO, search engine optimization. And we talked about a ton of things, but one of the things that really stuck with me was uh, this idea that you are either in for the long game with SEO, or you're just trying to purchase ads to try to spike. Uh, and, and when I realized that, when I wrapped my mind around that, it, it told me that having somebody work on your SEO process so that you're organically coming up better and better in the search engines is probably way more important than just spending some money on Google ads or Facebook ads. And so once I really wrapped my mind around that, it said, this is how I'm building my business anyway. My practice is built mainly on word of mouth. We have you know, a relatively good online presence, but um, that told me this aligns with the way I'm trying to build my, my word of mouth type of business. And so it was a, a really helpful conversation for me. Please enjoy it. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star review, share it with your friends, and support those who support us. When COVID hit, one of the changes we made to our practice was that we would ship all contact lenses directly to our patients at no additional charge. 
Since COVID, we've continued this practice because it allows our patients to receive their contacts in a way that they want and also minimizes staff time and unnecessary exposure risk for our patients and team. CooperVision also recognized this opportunity for our practices to better serve our patients, and they've stepped up to demonstrate their partnership with us. CooperVision is offering free shipping with the purchase of any two multi-packs of CooperVision contact lenses shipped directly to patients on our behalf through July 31st, 2020. 88% of consumers would prefer to have their contact lenses delivered directly to their home rather than pick them up in office. And now is our opportunity to give our patients what they want, all while helping our contact lens revenue in our practice and serving our patients to the best of our ability. Check out CooperVision's program and see the show notes in today's episode. COVID has been nice about, I guess has been good is that, you know, we were running around all the time to yeah. this practice and that practice yeah, of course. and this event. And, you know, it's, it's ramping up a little bit, but I'm hopeful that we can stay strong and keep some family time to ourselves. I think that's the most important thing. Like you actually peel the onion back and look at what's really, truly important. Right. And yeah. really it's, family ties fam either friends family or close tied relationships right and yeah. slowing things down way more to actually live presently because when people are running chasing going after whatever it is it's like they're not even sure what's going on right like you're not focused you're not actually enjoying it you're like why am i doing all these things right but then when stuff like this happens, you kind of slow down and you're like, wow, let's reflect and see what's really going on, who's important, what's important in life, right? How long do you think that's going to last? So this uh, pandemic here, I'm in Toronto, Canada. Yep. Um, things are now opening up a little bit more, like we're stage two, soon to be stage three, which means everything will be open. Um, right now, restaurants are opening up, but just patios and other stuff. Um, and a lot of like professional services, storefront, as long as you have space, uh, like make sure the PPPE is, you know, fully enforced. Um, I feel things will not be the same for the next couple of years. I think you're right. I think, and so how, how does that impact? So for my, my practice, I don't know that we'll ever... So we have situations where we use microscopes where we're sitting face to face within about a foot from somebody. Yep. And I don't know that I'll ever do that again without a, a mask on. A mask or a shield, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, probably both actually. Yeah. Um, how do you think, uh, so how old's your, you said, you said one. He's five. Or? Yeah. So yeah. my kids have been really like, it's not really impacting them at all. I don't think they're, they're even thinking about it. Yeah. I think it's the adults that are Im impacted more. Yeah, like they don't know what's really going on, right? So for us, we've kind of lived and this has never happened in our generation or previous generations, right? Um, unless you're like 100 years old during that Spanish flu. So for us, it's like, okay, what can we do and look at countries? I actually was on a podcast yesterday with someone in Finland. And they opened up, they didn't even shut down like Taiwan, right? Two right. countries that actually kept things going. And I was just picking his brain because for me, I'm like interested. How did you guys contain it? What's going on? And I think the biggest thing is top down from leadership and everyone is obeying by the rules, regulations, and they listen, right? And they yeah. do best practice. So 
with that in mind, things have kind of slowed down and they kept everything in intact, right? But when there's a lot of, you know, conflicting messages, media, and no one knows what's going on and who to trust. And, you know, even leadership is, you know, combative, right? And no one's yeah. really on the same page. Who do you trust? Like, yeah, you know, as a customer, they're already confused. It's the same thing as like health. You know, there's all these diets and pills and then the pharma gets in the way and they have huge funding and then they have marketing ads at you, right? It's like all these things, who do you trust, right? Yeah. So. Well, that's the crazy part. So like for us, I think you're describing America in a nutshell is, <laughs> is you know, we, we have this CDC and I've talked about this on a podcast, you know, the CDC that has so much confidence in, in one direction and then they just change a totally different direction. And then you hear, you know, certain media outlets that, you know, it's hard not to think that what they're talking about is on purpose to hammer the president. So how much do I trust what they're saying? And on the other side, the other media outlets are, are talking about on, you know, it sounds like everything they're saying is helpful to the president. So it's how do I trust them? And so it, what, does that same stuff happen in Canada? Not to the same extent, I believe. Um, so the mandates of media should be in alignment as well. So right now, I believe different channels, different stations are either right wing or left wing in America, right? Yep. So their initiatives are different. They have a different platform. They have a different base altogether in terms of support and ads. Ultimately, it's advertisers, right? Who yeah. are they going to you know, invest? Who's going to sponsor their ads and make money? And those are the people that I'm going to have that message towards, right? Ultimately, that's money for you, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, yeah, like for me, it's here in Canada, we have like, public systems like you know the healthcare is more public we don't really have a lot of privatized stuff so i think everything is more in alignment um, but i'm sure there are you know left wing and right wing just like in every country but i think we're doing a fairly good job even though we're really close to you guys in, yeah, <laughs> in america yeah. um but we're kind of enforcing it right and you know, as you know, like the trends are really low now, like our cases are per, per capita, it's way lower than you guys, I'm sure. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, it, it's crazy. So I think that's, that's one of the things that kind of parlays into why I think it was good for, for you to come on today is talking about, you know, right now, I think we have an opportunity especially as physical businesses who may have an opportunity to reach out um, and kind of extend their omni-channel, so to speak, where they're yes. offering, uh, you know, opportunities for people to engage with their practices in a, in a distance format. Um, so I, I think there's a couple of things to that. First is I think if you have a very solid foundation, and correct me if I'm wrong, and, and I want to know how we can play into this with search engine optimization, is I've got a solid foundation, physical business supporting my local people, right? And those people support our business and we try to support those that are around us. And I think that that's really um, pervasive throughout the United States with optometric practices specifically. And, um, and so now you have an opportunity to engage with people in different ways that they want to be engaged. Some of our patients want to be engaged physically. They want to be someplace but they also want to be able to purchase from us um, remotely from a, yeah. from a distant site. And then also know that if there's a problem, I can go back to this location to solve that problem. 
And I think that's sort of the best of both worlds. And so let's say I've never really delved into SEO. What, what would you say, okay, these are the things you need to start thinking about. And these are the things that you can start doing right away. Yeah. So if you haven't got a digital presence already, say you focus primarily on a physical storefront signage, traditional media, and now you're transitioning to try to capture a different type of audience where um, they're looking for information digitally, like on a website, and they typically start and end their search on search engines. There's a lot of different formats. Don't get me wrong. There's printed format like blogs. There's also video format on YouTube. There's social, and they typically look at images there, as well as audio format. So there's four different types of content that people can be obtaining uh, digitally. But then, of course, um, traditionally, it's very similar. Before Google existed, it was television, it was radio, it was printed ads or brochures, magazines. And then there's also, um, you know, Everything that was more physical, like trade shows, right? Uh, now, think about webinars and the events online, right? Like all these things also used to work. And now it's just transitioned to now technology plays a role where it makes it easy for people, your potential customers, to find, locate, and uh, gather information before they contact you. And they've yeah. already done enough research, typically, before they even reach out to your store, right? Because they vetted you. They looked at reviews. They checked you out your bio, check out your website, and they like what they saw. Right. 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 So in terms of SEO, I believe if you haven't already started building a website and you've been running a really solid business, right? Where yeah. that's the foundation. And I typically deal with a lot of localized professional service type business owners like optometrists, dentists, physiotherapists, chiropractors, they all understand, and lawyers, they all understand that people want to deal with someone in person, a relationship is met there, they have something in common, and they need to satisfy that need, right? So there's yeah. a, a, a need gap there, and they don't mind paying for that service. Right. So someone who is physically there, and they don't have a digital presence, you're missing out on a huge amount of potential customers, because the last three months or four months, people are now consuming more information digitally than ever before. Right. And now it's a time to reflect on your business to see what are the gaps? Where can you improve? What have you been doing? And what is going on that is going to continue um, you know, moving towards in the next couple of years, right? And even yeah. the next five, 10, 30, 20 years, right? Yeah. Um, so let's say, so how can I know, like, let's say I, I, you know, I've got a website, I've already, I'm already doing a blog. Um, you know, we're promote, let's say we're promoting on social media a little bit. Um, but we've been doing that for a while. Like, <clears throat> how do you know, uh, what were the types of things that you'd look at to say, this is really where your reward is like, like people are really paying attention to this message or that message. And so that's the first question I, I've got for you as far as that's concerned. Yeah. So, before we get into like the nitty gritty of SEO, I, I always look at foundations, right? Where if you've been in practice for three, five, 10 years or so, you probably know who your ideal customer is, where they're located, what's their demographics, and that ideal persona. You pick out, say, the top 50 of your best clients. It could be 100, whatever it is. Know who that is. 
your website should be catered towards those type of people. What I mean by that is creating a website, content, any social signals, your digital presence, that campaign should really be focused on who you want to go after. Then you have a better strategy moving forward in terms of SEO. So great content. You have a unique story. You're about us page. Tell people about why you differ from all the other local competitors in your radius market locale, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, you write in with some of the keywords that you want to offer, right? So you want to be known for eye doctors or optometrists or whatever it is, right? Like um, different terms, but it has to be embedded in your website. But ultimately what you're trying to do is position yourself as that expert in your local market, right? Because typically people shop five, 10 miles maximum in a local lies community, right? Unless you live in more of a suburb area, if you're in an urban dense city, maybe it's even two miles, right? So you got to figure that out. And then what are your ideal customers really looking for? Is it the service level? Is it, you know, typically it's not price, right? It's typically experience. It's typically like, what have you done to really help me? Like I'm in this specific situation can you show me what you've done, proof, case studies, testimonials, and how are you going to be able to solve my problem fast, yeah. efficient, and so that I will become a loyal customer of yours, right? right. So it satisfies every single business uh, service type of professional business, right? Yeah. Um, so position yourself. Yes, writing content, blogs is a great way because it allows you to send to your ideal customers updates on how and who you want to target, what information um, would support that, right? Like what's going on that's newsworthy, that is uh, impactful for them to position you. Like you're a thought leader. You know what you're talking about. You've done it before and that's what you ultimately want to do. So what Google's trying to do is um, there's hundreds, thousands, if not millions of websites competing for similar terms Mm -hmm. as you. Um, you're probably different because you focus on a local market. So maybe there's maybe a hundred in your market. If it's a hyper urban area, it could be a couple hundred, right? right? So it's not as competitive. So what you have to do is really refine those keywords to the terms as well as locale, as well as neighborhoods or even street corners, depending on where you are, Hmm. right? That's how people search, right? So you got to focus on who your customers are how they consume content. Do they search um, with those keywords or is it the case that Google will know where they are or where they're located when they do the search or where they spend most of their time and they're already refining based on location there? How does that work? Yes. So you brought up two good points there because as a user, you don't care who gets served up. You believe Google's done their best job vetting the websites for your purpose right? Because, you know, everyone believes Google is doing the best job they can. It's crazy, to, isn't it? Right? Because they yeah, trust Google. Yeah. And we've, we've, so that's a totally different topic, but that's, it's, it's amazing. Cause I'm the same way It's like, like, I don't know. I started thinking about curating, you know, I don't trust Facebook really necessarily. I think that they're curating stuff that they think I might want to see, but they also, some of the stuff I'm not sure that, you know, again, there might be a political bent to that. Um, but like Google, like just straight Google, 
I assume is going to give me stuff that I want and that's like relatable. And I forget that they're probably curating it for other reasons as well. Right. It's very similar. Like any other media channel, it's for profit, right? Yep. So their purpose is to get more ads, people who are actually paying to play and they're going to push because they are storing your information, your history, there's cookies and caches yeah. everywhere. So they know your history and your, your behavior. So they're going to give you a different search result than myself or anyone in your family, right? Wow. Based on the keyword yeah. and the behavior and history of what you've been searching. So yeah. you being a business owner that owns that website, how do you get in front of more potential prospects? What I always tell people to do is foundationally, before the internet existed, before Google existed, how did our grandparents, our great-great-grandparents survive to build a, a scalable business, right? To support their family and friends and community. Well, they took care of their clients. They knew what their value prop was. They understood what their unique selling proposition was. They understood their competitors. They understood their service level, pricing, all that, all the foundational stuff that's important to running a really solid business, right? So if you bring that to more your website now, which is now the digital footprint and the storefront digitally, it's the same thing. You need to make sure that people are aware of everything that you did really well offline has to be translated online. Get good reviews. Let people know of the services you offer. Are you sponsoring different children's leagues? Are you a part of, a part of associations? What's your credentials? Who is in your team with great profiles? And put a little bio in them. What are the in-depth services that you offer? These are online brochures, right? Go into detail in terms of the process. Put some case studies in there, white papers, testimonials, like all these things that are foundationally before internet exists, still exists today, yeah. but people forget and they believe that Google already knows them. How? How does Google know that without you telling them? Right. So right. you have to let them know, like I offer services in this locale or these communities in these neighborhoods. And if you live here, please call us because we've helped many of your neighbors yeah right? in these situations right like yeah how else do they know yeah so that that brings up a couple questions i've got the first is that you know um we have we focused on like our google reviews yelp in our area it tends i have a very um strong bias against yelp because of some of the horror stories i've heard from optometrists who have worked with them yes. in the past and then yeah. they sort of like hold them hostage in the yes. future and so like, I've kind of steered cleared from that. So is that, is that an accurate bias of mine? Is that what they do? Or is that just a perception of, a su of some? And so we've been feeding all of our, our reviews to, to try to get patients to review Google, but then do you have them, is Google enough? Do we want them also to re be reviewing Facebook? What are your thoughts? So third party reviews are very impactful because you don't know where people are consuming those reviews, right? They might use Google, which is a great tool and people start and end their search on Google. However, open care is very popular. I'm not sure if rate MD is popular in the States or not, but these are third party reviews that are very focused on healthcare professionals, right? And yeah. people are doing much more vetting and due diligence on you today than more than ever, right? Because they're right. consuming stuff at their fingertips, real time 
quickly and they're going to make actions based on other people's opinions and not just referrals from their friends and family. Right. So you have to have a strong footprint that follows you, not just traditionally, but also online. Right. Mm -hmm. And it has to be consistent across the board because people are going to fact check you in multiple channels and not just use one. So yes, you might have great reviews on Google. How do you look on Yelp? How do you look on Facebook? How do you look on LinkedIn? How do you look at other places? Because they're going to check you out, right? Um, especially if they moved to your new area or they're, you know, just referred by a friend, right? They're still going to check you out, right? Yeah. Because this is just human behavior and users now. They have the ability to have so much stuff, information at their fingertips. So your reputation goes a long way digitally. So you need to still build that strong brand and awareness. So you need to stay on top of mind as well. And that's why writing blogs are very important to keep your ideal customers engaged, that you're you know, on top of your industry and you're producing good content. Um, but on top of that, you need to also be engaged with social media pages like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Google posts and et cetera. Approach that you're talking about because it, um, if somebody does have a bad experience in your office, even though you're, you're doing everything you can do to enhance that experience and provide them excellent care. Um, if, it also shows people who are jumping online to see the, the fact that, yeah, patient, people might have a bad experience or a negative experience, but look at what they're doing. So if I'm responding in those ways and saying, oh, I, you know, let's see how we can make this work or, you know, we can do this. That, that says, look, I think that everybody on there, most people are going to have a five-star experience. But if I have a one-star experience, look at the mechanism, look at the things that they're going to try to do to make it a better experience for me. So I think that's a really great um, approach. One of the questions I have is I've had some advice from attorneys that you don't really want to respond if somebody puts their name up. If it's an anonymous response, it's actually wonderful, right? It's super easy. But if I put, if I say, you know, John Vong, um, John Vong responds and he has a negative uh, encounter, I've had attorneys say you can't really respond because that's then verifying or with specifics that's verifying that they were a patient and you've broken HIPAA. Do you experience that? Is that an issue? Um, So with Google, my business and reviews, they actually removed all anonymous reviews. Um, And that was something that occurred last year or year before. Um, And there were millions of reviews that just got wiped out because they want to personalize to make and verify that there's a legitimate person that actually wrote the reviews because there's guidelines there as well. Um, my suggestion is it's just like a, a real human interaction in the office, right? Make steps and measures to not just improve, but also approach the person that had a negative experience. And they, this could be even spam, right? It could be just a competitor writing fake reviews that are just trying to bring you down because that does happen as well, mm. right? So mm. I always say, you know, Go do your due diligence, investigate if that person is a log, a, a client of yours first. If it isn't, be transparent. Let people know what you actually did. What was the process? They couldn't verify it. And if you are a client of ours and you did experience a bad situation, contact me, the owner, directly, and I will ensure that you get taken care of and 
I will offer a free visit or something, right? right? right. That will give people who are reading and sorting by negative reviews first an assurance that you're actually proactive, you're doing the best you think you can, yeah, yeah. and you're a really good business owner, right? Yeah. Taking care of your clients. And that's the most important thing um, by responding quickly and actually doing something about it. Yeah. One of the things that, that I, to, to kind of put a bow on that, one of the things that I do recall the, the attorneys talking about was that you can respond, but you can respond in generality. So like, like we wouldn't break that rule uh, that we have, or that law we have here would be to say, you know, um, in general, we don't like to have conversations about personal, you know, patient information yes. in public but please reach out to me. This is our office number. I'm happy. And, and I think that's, uh, that's what you, what you just exactly, is exactly the way that, that I think we should handle it. Um, okay. So then, um, so that we've, we've built this, um, this we're blogging. Well, let me ask you this. If you're talking about figuring out different search terms, um, cause there's a couple things that, that I've come across that, um, I want to know your, your thoughts about. So there's one that talks about, um, is it CPM? Is it um, like cost per million? Is that right? Cost per thousand impression. Okay. So, and and that's, that's what CPM means, right? Yes. And so how, if, if somebody says, look, we have like, let's say we were going to say, I've got 10,000 visits. There's another metric that will look at how many, how long. So like maybe I have 10,000 page hits, but then there's another met over a month, let's say for, for our practice. Then there's another metric, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head, but it'll say how long somebody is, is on that page yes, or, or is interacting with the website in total. But is there a way to know, like, are there metrics that say, okay, we can know exactly how long people are on individual pages, or we just know how long people are on a website, period? So usually, uh, if you've set up your website properly, you should have set up Google Analytics. And with Google Analytics, it has a breakdown of every single metric that you need for your website. And it gives, it breaks it down to the traffic source as well from social direct referral to organic search as well, or paid, right? Depending yeah. on what kind of campaign you're running, but then you could drill down how long people are staying, what pages they're staying, what's the flow like, what's the transaction like, um, and what's the action at the end, right? Are they filling up the form? Are they calling you? What, you know, you can actually track all that and set, goals for everything. Um, so Google Analytics is great for that. Um, I typically let people know like, yes, it's great if you're doing a lot of paid ad campaigns to monitor the effectiveness of each paid campaign. But if you're looking to brand yourself and you're doing SEO, I think the best indicator is under speaking to the business owner and finding out like how is revenue like? How are the sales? How is new patient inflow? And what kind of patients are coming to your office? Are they your ideal customers, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's more powerful because from a business owner to a business owner, that's all I care about. Right. And I believe that's what business owners care about. Like what's the return on my investment? What am I spending for advertising? And what am I getting in return? And are they my ideal kind of fit profile? Yeah. So when you work when you work with, um, with different practices and, and let's, we'll just use optometric practices that you've worked with, what, um, what would be a good, so what's a good metric that they would say, like, this is worth my investment to work, work with John, where you'd say like that, like, cause, cause what you're talking about there is growth. And, and sometimes like, well, am I growing because of my SEO and my, 
my marketing? Am I growing for this? Like kind of talk about the things that we would want to start looking at and then how you would, you would say, okay, this is how we know that this, this is going to be working. Like just yeah. set that up for me. Yeah. Because a lot of business owners are great at, you know, taking care of their clients, running a business, but they don't know how to amplify that message and make them become more visible digitally. Right. And that's what, where we play. And I think the big thing with an SEO agency or freelancers or in-house SEOers are they have to have that same sort of values and mindset and, you know, just passion as well to really want to help you, right? Grow. Um, so you have to have an alignment on who you're working with, a partner, but also understand like if you've never or you've dabbled in search or dabbled in social, but you don't really know what you're doing, that's where people hire experts like a plumber, like a roofer, like an optometrist or a dentist, right. right? People will pay because they know that my time is worth way more taking care of my good patients and everything else, like my bookkeeper, my receptionist, I can hire for a fraction of the cost and I can let them do it and they're going to do it very well because they love what they do. Correct. It's the same thing with SEO, right? It's like, we love it because we're in the business. We understand it. We understand your competitors. We understand your market, how Google works, their updates, but that's our passion, right? So it's the same thing. You have to value your time. What are you investing versus what am I getting in return? But how much time am I saving? Like, I don't have to worry about this anymore. I don't have to write blogs. I don't right. have to do social posts because I know that person who I hired is the same kind of person as me that's really taking care of that aspect of the business. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, and I think that's great. I think that's where, you know, I don't know how many people in my profession are going down that road, but I do think that it's, it, it, it can be quickly overwhelming to try to jump into, but at the same time, what I'm trying to, to get at or trying to gather is what's the, um, how does a doc know that there's a significant return on investment? Because I think the, probably the biggest barrier is they're saying, okay, this sounds great. I think I'm, I'm going to do it. How do I know in a month or two months or three months that this, this investment is worth it? And, um, and like, what would be something that I could measure, whether I'm working with John or I'm working with somebody, you know, that, somebody else? Like, how would I know that these are the things that I'm saying, I'm going to invest in this period of time. I should start to see some, some return on that investment at some point. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so metrics are interesting to say the least because I've seen clients start ranking and start getting business within a month. But I've also seen clients in hyper-competitive marketplace niches take two to three years to start mm -hmm. seeing a return, which is you have to understand where you're at versus who your competitors are to really give you a benchmark and how to really improve your visibility. Because ultimately, yeah. as much as we want to help and take you to that next level, you have to give us time. Because Google, if you're not running a natural organic business and you kind of trick them or hack the system and find ways to suddenly spike and grow, like that's not natural. And therefore, there's, you know, obviously they know a lot more than you think. Right. And for you, you just want to just like traditional businesses it takes time to run a good business. It takes time to get more visibility online to ultimately grow your presence, right? It's the same thing. But if you guys are all in alignment and you're honest about it, um, you know, as much as, yeah, you might get a couple patients a, a day, a week, a month, 
you'll see a return once things start happening, right? right? And for sure, it's the best ROI or else I wouldn't be in the business because I actually moved away from all paid and I only focus on SEO because it's more of a long-term equity play where Google is like Yellow Pages. I lived in the Yellow Pages world. Uh, I, I worked there for five years before I started this agency seven years ago. And I understood the value of how Yellow Pages served the local market when people are ready to buy. They right. go to their phone book in the Yellow Pages section on the White Pages, right? And before internet or Google existed, it was the go-all, be-all for every single business owner to be in. If they missed it for a year, you're going to have a huge drop in revenue, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then, because um, that brings up the, the question, you know, to me, it seems like, I don't know, again, I, I'm sure there's different levels of, of how involved we would want somebody, but it doesn't, it doesn't take that much. Like if, if I can know, uh, let's say, if we use MBA metrics, so it's, it's a, in the United States, there's a, um, every few years, they kind of aggregate and survey a bunch of optometrists that are in independent practice and they'll say, okay, how much is a patient worth? Like if you see this patient one time, what's that worth? So if you, I think the average, I'll just say that on average, it's, let's say it's 350 bucks, right? On average, it's $350 to get that patient in the door. Um, and, uh, to, to the practice once a patient gets to the door. So to me, if, if, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm spending a thousand dollars a month on my organic SEO in my practice, um, three patients, pretty easy, right? If I can get three patients a month, if I'm spending a couple grand, I'm looking at it. Okay. Well, I got to get six patients a month. And so those to me don't seem like big numbers. Um, I don't know what, what, um, different levels of SEO optimization or SEO, uh, cost, but that seems pretty reasonable what are the, some of the pushback that you get from uh, optometrists when they approach you in the first place and say, you know, I don't know, John, I don't know if this, this makes sense. Like what, what, what are the, the what, what do they say when they ha when they do that? Well, it's exactly what you're saying because what's the cost per acquisition what's the lifetime value of a customer, right? So learning these is very important for you to gauge even any form of advertising campaign that and you're you running, right? That. You would help with that. Well, for us, we, we learn from your experience, right? You've been in business for a while. You know your customers. You know what you spent from other forms of advertising and how much it costs to acquire a new customer from trade shows, traditional to online, digital. So you've played around or you've probably had some experience. And then dabbling into that, I feel with SEO and understanding the value prop and positioning and understanding the amount of potential people searching on a daily basis, mm -hmm. looking for services in, in your local area. You, if you're on that first page, it's just a matter of time that you're going to reap the rewards. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's not rocket science, but it's all about like, it's numbers, right? And yeah. I'm a numbers guy and business owners, all they care about is sales and revenue and profitability. So yeah. if you are more visible it's just a matter of time that more people will know about you, more people will click on your site, and more people will then transact with you, right? Yeah, do you think, so, the, so then you made the comment of you're going away from ads or you completely went away from ads. So that is really interesting. That's kind of telling. Do you, did you do that because you said it was a long play? 
Did you do that because you feel like people are aware of an ad so they just don't click on it at first? Or like, what are your thoughts about that in, in the short term and then in the long term? So I don't know about yourself, but say I'm an average consumer. I know the difference between an advertiser and a non-paid advertiser. Right. I go right to the map and I go below the map. Say 60, 70% are average people. That's a lot larger than those people clicking on ads. And the only time I would click on ad is if it's an emergency or if I can't find what I'm looking for in the local part, right? Like below it, that's relevant to what I'm looking for, Yeah. right? Do you know what I, so I want to hear more about that, but do you know what, what I think about when I, before I click on an ad is, and maybe this isn't the right way to think about it, but I think, do I want this business to pay for, to pay more for me to contact them now? Or do I want to save them a little bit of money? Like that's actually what I'm thinking is I'm thinking, well, maybe I can, if I go down a little further, I can find them or I can click on their ad. Maybe I say I'm save them a dollar 50 or five bucks. I don't know what they're paying, but I, I think, do I, do I care enough about this business? Honestly, to, to make them pay for it or to, to make them, is that, is that a, a correct way of thinking or it doesn't matter? They're going to pay for it either way. Yeah. So it all depends on uh, the, the potential prospect. Right. And you know, yeah, maybe people do click on ads, but you'll find out quality wise who are clicking on ads and who is not clicking on ads, right? Like your loyal customers are the ones that understand much more intelligent, knowledgeable and savvier. So they understand the difference. It's the same thing as like social media ads, right? Like when you look on Facebook and suddenly something appears, yeah. do you click on it? It's interrupting you from what your purpose was to check out your family and friends feeds, right? It's the right. same with YouTube. You're there to watch a video and then an ad pops up. That's kind of irrelevant, but sponsored. And I understand they need to monetize, right? So yeah. do you click on the ad? It's yeah. interrupting you. So the difference is you're in control on Google organic ads are disrupting your behavior and it's all psychological, right? So I always look at, and I, I'm not sure if this is a good reference, but real estate, okay? So do you want to own real estate or do you want to rent real estate? And do you want to own equity or do you want to continue paying down the mortgage for the homeowner, right? So right. it's positioning yourself in the long term. That's what SEO is all about, right? And it does take time. So if you feel like this is a long-term play, you feel like you're going to be in business for the next 5, 10, 20 years, right? And this is not just a passion, side hustle, entrepreneurial, you know, kind of business, but I've studied 20 years. I know this is it for me and right. I need to support my family, my friends and all this other stuff that I want to do, right? SEO is the best way to really scale and grow your business uh, because from my experience, seven years, but also working with hundreds of clients in different niches, um, it gives you the best return on investment. People would eventually slow down their other forms of advertising, understanding the value of the type of quality of leads that you get from other forms versus SEO. And then it's all about like building authority and trust in Google's eyes. So the longer you do it, the more credible you become. And if you're, you're not starting today, you're going to be behind your competitors that are starting, right? Yeah. No, I love that because I, I love the, the idea of this is a, you're building a foundation. You're reinforcing the foundation you've already built as opposed to, um, as opposed to just paying right away. You're, you got to pay somebody probably to do it. Well, my, 
I'm, I'm pretty re much resolved. You're going to have to pay somebody to do it. But, um, but you can pay for the long game on a really solid foundation, or you can play for the short game on, and you're going to just pay for your advertising. And I think <clears throat> understanding that, um, I think really allows um, business owners, local independent business owners to wrap their minds around this better because many of us, some of us do advertising, but many of us, we invest in our practices so that word of mouth historically has been the best way that we build our foundation. And, and we do that because, because it is like you said, the long game. When I, when I think people can wrap their minds around the fact that the SEO that you're talking about isn't paying John to pay Google and tell you what Google did right. It, it, it is paying John to make sure that all the things that you're doing are going to build a great foundation and that will benefit your word of mouth. It'll benefit all the other things. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's amplifying your traditional kind of business where a lot of people who generationally built a solid foundation, they relied on referrals and word of mouth right? It's the same thing as yourself and a lot of service-based professionals, right? They invest solely and in, internally on equipment, on training, on themselves, on taking care of their clients, right? But what else can you do to spread the word? Because as much as you do internal marketing and you let other people know about great product and service you're offering so they can spread the love, there's a huge base of people that are looking all the time. Right. And the younger generation are moving towards technology and you need to be embracing technology to your advantage. If you're not, you're missing out on a huge gap and potential of prospects that are now moving, shifting. And even your, your traditional clients that might be 40 or 50 years old, they're now very inapt to use Google, right? Like they're with smartphones or children are really getting them involved more. And so they feel more comfortable finding things because it's easier. It's yeah. faster, right? It's convenient. All yeah. these things that, you know, technology allows for, right? Yeah. Well, John, I think um, I'll probably reach back out to you to have you on again. I hope you're willing to do that. Um, I uh, tell, tell, tell my audience, where can they find you and, um, and how can they interact with you? Yeah, definitely. So, um, my website is www.localseosearch.ca. We're based in Toronto, Canada, but we do service uh, clients all across North America. Um, and for us, it's all about like educating people, right? And letting them make their own decision. We're, we understand the difference between us being more of a boutique agency that really wants to help family run small, medium-sized businesses because I worked at Yellow Pages. I can understand what they're going through, especially in these difficult times, um, but really help them um, grow their local communities and support their local community, right? That's what I'm all about too, uh, versus a large brand, right? That has a lot of investors and shareholders and internal SEO guys. Like I'm all about helping the local guys at an affordable price that they can see a good return so that they can really do things to support their community, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what, hopefully that, you know, uh, you can check me out on my website, but we're here to really help and educate. We also have a, a podcast ourselves yeah. where we educate entrepreneurs, um, professional or non-professional starting off um, on tips and tricks on how to 
know, try to minimize the mistakes so that you can expedite your success, right?、Uh, it's called local SEO today.